0: Today's reading is from John 10, as we continue in our Abide series, and I'll be reading from verses 1 to 5. John 10, verses 1 to 5. Jesus is speaking. I tell you the truth, anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold, rather than going through the gate, must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. May the Spirit grant us understanding in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we continue our Bide series, and um, today we are reflecting on the topic Don't talk to strangers. Yes, I know you're not kids anymore, but I will still say that to you. You are the sheep. Don't talk to strangers. Any time I read this passage, I'm reminded of a Nigerian um, folklore story. And it's about this, this woman, she gets married to this man who already had a son. And then they have three other children together. And um, the man dies. And so she's got these four kids to look after. But she doesn't really like the adopted kids. She just likes her kids. And for some reason, I can't remember these parts of the story. I'm a bit old now, but she leaves the kids behind in like some cave and goes out to the market to buy some food and Every time she comes back, she sings this song to them. She might sing something like, "Oh, Lorna Green, come out, Emma I quick? come out, You my Martin McKellen, come out." Um, Bill Green, Stay Back, something like that, right? And um, this is the song she would sing, so Bill Green being the adopted one. And all the other kids would would come out and they would get some food and they would eat up. And and poor Bill, Bill Bill gets no food. Bill's just there in the cave, just chilling. And this happens over and over again. But what she doesn't recognize is that there was a lion who's listening to this song that she's singing and he's listening, he's listening, he's like okay, I might try that out because I'm not getting any food either and so the lion shows up and the lion sings the songs like, Lorna Green, come out, Emma Aikwe, come out, Martin McKellen, come out, Bill Green, stay back and so all the kids come out and then the lion pounces on them and eats them and only Bill is saved, good Bill, um, and it's a, when I was reflecting on this story, I realized that most of the Nigerian stories, they don't quite end the way that the other ones do. Where it's like, and they all lived happily ever after. No, it's always like, and they all died, and the lion ate them up, and they fell into a pit. It's like, <laughs> what is going on here? But I guess, I guess, that the moral of the story can be That we have to recognize the voice of the one who takes care of us. We have to know what they sound like. It's interesting that the Bible, when the Bible usually talks about sheep, so we think about the prophets, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Isaiah, and the Old Testament, they usually talk about sheep that have gone astray. They usually talk about sheep that just go off on their own way and go astray and go and do all manner of stuff and get eaten and devoured by a singing lion. I don't think that part is in the Bible. But they talk about the sheep that go astray. But interestingly, Jesus talks about a different kind of sheep. He talks about sheep that stick with their shepherd. Sheep that don't go astray. He talks about sheep that know his voice and follow only his voice. He says, this is what the sheep is going to be now. Jesus prophesies a different kind of sheep. But I don't know about you, but a lot of times I still find myself like the Old Testament sheep that go astray. Like It's not difficult for the the voices that draw us into places of fear and anxiety and anger and worry and resentment and temptation. Those voices seem to just keep drawing us away from the safe space of our shepherd. And for some reason, we kind of keep following it. But Jesus talks about us, his sheep, as sheep who recognize his voice and only follow his voice and would run away from any voice that tries to drag us into an unsafe space. We will not even engage with that voice. And so it made me wonder, so how do we become this sheep? How do we go from being the sheep that's constantly drawn into spaces of worry and fear to the sheep that's always in the safe space of Jesus' voice? And I think in conversations with the Spirit, he taught me three things to bear in mind. The first is that we have to recognize that our life with God as life itself is a marathon, not a sprint. I think one of the big problems for discipleship today is that the world that we live in is geared towards instant gratification. We want everything and we want it now. Everything has to happen now. It's like, even, even, I confess, even like in a, you know, when you're watching TV and a Netflix series and they're like, you have to wait the whole next week for the next episode. It's like, what? I have to wait the whole week before I find out what happens. We want everything now. We want the food now. You know, we want... The next episode now, we want, you know, there's all these shows, you know, about get married in 10 days, you know, become popular in 5 days, get slim in 2 days, hear a a sermon in 10 seconds. You know, we want all those things, we just want it now, now. It's like, yes, now. And so when it has to do with a journey, it's easy to get impatient and discouraged. You know why don't I already feel completely whole, completely at peace, completely joyful now? Why hasn't happened yesterday? And the Holy Spirit had to challenge me on this this week because I'm similar like that. I'm like God. You know, I've been here a month now. Why haven't two million people gotten baptized? What's what's what? <laughs> God, what's going on? And it's like, but it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. The thing is, instant gratification is not fullness of life. The idea of getting everything now, it always promises more than what it can deliver. And the world is so geared towards this idea that if you want something, you can have it now. And the stranger's voice will always come in that mode. But ultimately... It doesn't lead to life. When we think that it has to be now, it's easy to get discouraged. And when we start to get discouraged, that's when the enemy jumps in, and the thoughts begin to get darker, and it begins to draw us into these dangerous spaces, because we think, "Oh, I thought by now it will be different." What's that song? I think it's Elevation Worship, where it says, um, Oh, I've seen you move mountains. It definitely has a lyric that says, Oh, yeah, walking around these walls, I thought by now they'd fall. And we look at the walls and we think, we look at the mountains and we think, oh, I thought by now these things wouldn't still be there. And it's easy to get discouraged. But what we find with God as he journeys, with people, is that it's a journey. It's never instant gratification. It's a journey. Even in the life of Jesus, I was having a conversation with my brothers yesterday, that even in the life of Jesus, yes, we see all the miracles and signs and wonders that he did, but we miss sometimes the fact that there were 30 years of no ministry. There were 30 years of Jesus just... Journeying, just being on earth for 30 years before the baptism, before the start of his ministry. With God, it is always about journey because in the real world, the things that matter happen through journeys, not in an instant. And so what does that mean for us? It means that we need to keep showing up. If we are going to get to that space where we know our Savior's voice, that is the only voice we engage with, the voice that draws us into a place of safety, peace, rest, most of the things that we shared this morning that we'd love Jesus to do in our lives. There are no shortcuts. I know that we love a bit of a shortcut, you know, I was, I was speaking to um, a lady that I used to pastor really care for, and she was saying to me, she was like, oh, I know that God takes me on a journey, but I do wish he will find a shortcut instead of taking me on the M1, she said. But the thing with life is, think about it, as, as a, as a, if, if you're a parent, if you're a partner, if you're a friend, if you're a worker, you have to keep showing up and giving yourself to that person, to that space. Every day, you show up and you give yourself to that person and to that space. Because, for example, in your work, if you stop showing up and doing stuff, well, you know you know what would happen. In a relationship, it's the same. If you stop showing up and giving yourself to that person, giving your love, giving your heart, giving your time, the relationship falls apart. And it is the same with our journey with Jesus. Every day we show up. Every day we say, Jesus, reveal your glory to me and use me to reveal your glory to others. Every day we show up for our walk with him and for our work with him. Because that is the key to fruitfulness to keep showing up. Sometimes I wonder if the reason that the church suddenly lost its power, its influence, the move of the Holy Spirit over the years is whether we just stopped showing up, whether we just became reliant on what we had sown in the past. And it reminded me of... um, Something's gone wrong with that slide. There was a friend of mine when, when we were in secondary school. Um, his name was John, not John the Baptist, but John. And he was a very clever boy, clever clogs. When I arrived on my first day in boarding school, boarding school in Nigeria was horrific. And um, I arrived on the first day, I was teary, I was sad. My mother had left me for some reason I did not understand. And I got into the classroom, and um, there weren't even enough seats. But unlike like Solihull Council, they're like, oh, we, you know, the, church, the, the schools are full. They're like, yeah, whatever, you just sit on that guy's lap. That'll be okay. So I'm sent to the back of the class to sit, um, thankfully not on John's lap, but... Um, next to John, he he squat, the, the the chair wasn't big enough even for John, but somehow both of us managed to sit on it. And I'm just sat there, thinking how I offended God that He sent me to this place. And then John turns to me and he says to me, "You know, last last semester I took first place in this class." And I'm like, "Yeah, thanks." That doesn't bring me any comfort, but there was this then, and I don't know how it is in the UK, but you, in Nigeria you had to you get hierarchies as to where you finished in class academically. So there was the one who came first was the best student, and the one who came, you know, 60th who would not be getting any presents from their parents. Let's put it that way. And John, John was like, you know, I came first, and John got this attitude. He, he came to a point where he he started saying to us. He was like, you know what, first is my birthright, he said. First is my birthright. He said, no matter what I do, these guys in my class, they're not on my level. No matter what I do, I will always come first. First is my birthright, he said. And he did, he tried it. So one semester, he didn't do much studying, he didn't do much reading, and then he came 20th. And everyone was like, oh, I thought you said first was your birthright. And it's that line in scripture when it says that, behold what manner of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called the children of God, and this is who we are. But the reality is that, yes, it is our inheritance to be children of God, but we still have to put the work into the relationship. We're called not to just carry the title but to live the life. And the way that we live the life, as with any relationship, is that we have to show up every day for Jesus. And because of our mentality sometimes that might want a sprint, it can be difficult. And that picture is meant to be of Naaman. I don't know if you know the story of Naaman in the Bible who had leprosy. And Elisha tells him, to go and deep in the Jordan River seven times. And I don't know about you, but at what point do you stop dipping when you go the first time? Still there. Second time. Still there. I don't know about but by about the fourth, fifth time, I think I've given up. Because you begin to feel this I'm looking quite stupid. I'm just dipping in and out and, and I'm just entertaining everybody, but nothing is happening. And I think about in my own life, how many times I have stop dipping in the Jordan, whether it's praying for someone to get well, or whether it's praying for a breakthrough, or whether it's trying to get closer to God in a particular space. And when it's not happened for a while, I think of how many times I've been like, well, this is obviously not going to change. And then I start listening to the other voice. But Jesus encourages us to pray without season to stay connected to the vine, this is the key to fruitfulness, to keep showing up. Because there are some relationships that exist in this world and some organizations and and jobs that exist in this world that no matter how often you keep showing up to it, there is no fruit at the end. But the assurance that we have with Jesus is that as long as we keep showing up, And opening up to him, we will find fullness of life. We will grow deeper. We will grow stronger in him. Which brings to the next point, which is to check the one you're with. Initially, that point was trust the one you're with. But I was sitting with the Holy Spirit and he gave me a different perspective to check the one you're with which is this whoever wherever you sit and whoever you're with will determine what you think is possible will determine your hope will determine what you feel is a reality in the world if we sit and we listen to spaces that constantly draw us into discouragement, you can't do it, this will never be good, this will never work out, then that is where we will be. Because, for example, let me ask you, have you ever, when maybe you've gone to the leisure center to have a swim, or maybe you've been, you've gone to the beach for a holiday, has it ever occurred to you, at any point, to say, you know what, I fancy walking on water today, you know? You know, I'm just going to go to the deep end of that pool, or I'm just going to go to that part in the sea where the, um, the waves look like they're having a bad day, and I'm just going to step in and see what happens. You know, has that, has that thought ever occurred to you? Like, you know, let me just, I just fancy walking on water. But because Peter is with Jesus, it completely changes his idea. Of what is possible because he's with Jesus, because that's where he sat, because that's who he's listening to. It completely changes his perspective of what he can and cannot do. And the same is true for us that where we sit and who has our ear shapes very much our hope, our belief, our confidence. The scripture tells us that the God of hope, Paul's prayer for the Roman church, that he will fill us with all joy and peace as we trust in him. So we overflow with hope. So there's a key to being filled with all joy and peace to a point where we are overflowing with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that is a life that is able to trust in him. Jesus and so i would say that we constantly need to ask ourselves the question am i sitting in a place and am i listening to voices that help me trust Jesus that help me trust god or am i constantly sat in a place and listening to voices that draw me elsewhere I think it was a couple of weeks ago when I was I was walking and I was listening to some strange voices in my head telling me, oh, you know, Joshy hasn't found a school yet. He's never going to find a school, is he? He's never going to find a school. He's just going to be, you know, playing games till he's 40. You know, I was just, and that, that voice just kept going on and on in my head and, you know, you it's, it's the thing about the two sheep, isn't it? You, you know, if I was the sheep of John 10, I would immediately not engage. But I was Old Testament sheep. I was engaging, and I was getting more and more worried. And I, and I got to the office. And as I was settling down, um, I got a call. Debbie, you called me that morning. And, you, and she called me to talk to me about saying, you know, don't worry about Joshi. God's got it in hand. And I'm thinking, oh have you been listening to my thoughts? I didn't know that Alton people had special powers. Um, And then shortly afterwards, um, as I was reading the scriptures, I I was searching for something and then a passage came out um, from John 14 when Jesus says, do not let your heart be troubled. Trust in God. Trust in me. And it's just the importance of sitting in the right places and listening to the right voices it may seem so straightforward but how often do we get that wrong how often does the voice of doubt come in and we immediately start engaging with it I know that for myself a lot of times when I start to pray and I'm saying to God oh God it's awful it's terrible it's not working out Blah, blah, voice is me, da, da, da. And then afterwards, the Holy Spirit says, okay, now what is the truth? What is actually the truth? And I think it's so important to stay in those spaces that remind us of what the truth is in Scripture, in God, and that helps us to trust him. And so, I think as we go on our journey, um, let us not allow ourselves to be attacked by the singing lion. You know, the scripture tells us there is a singing lion. The enemy prowls around like a lion, looking for who to devour. Let us learn to trust and recognize the voice of our Saviour. So we remember as so we go on the journey remember it's a marathon it's not a sprint so be kind to yourself and keep believing in God keep showing up knowing that he is faithful he's faithful and what he has said he will do he will do keep showing up for him and i think most importantly be mindful of the voices that we pay attention to be mindful of the spaces that we sit in in our heads, in our hearts, in our environment. And as we do, the Holy Spirit will teach us to abide. Amen. Amen. Just invite the worship team to, to go and continue with our gathering, we'll be coming.